So here we are, day before Christmas, and I want to ask you a question. Did you ever get, like, a long-anticipated gift for it to be just, like, a complete letdown? Did you ever have that? Maybe as a kid you had that. Maybe even as an adult you had that. It's kind of the worst. It's like Ralphie, you know, in A Christmas Story. Remember what he wanted? Yeah. BB gun, not just any BB gun. The Red Rider BB gun. Carbon action, 200 shot, range, model, air rifle with a compass in the stock in this thing that tells time. He waited. His whole life revolved around it as it does with kids and gifts. And then what does he do? He shot his eye out. And kind of, he kind of, it was an icicle. But still, he shot his eye out. It was a huge letdown. Things will let us down. We know this. Things will let us down or they'll break. Uh, There's this one birthday. This past uh, Crosby, he's our five-year-old, and he was super excited to get a remote control monster truck. Is that like the perfect gift for a five-year-old? He got the idea from one of his, his friends when they turned five, got a remote control monster truck. Crosby was so excited every single day. Is today my birthday? Not yet. Is today my birthday? Not yet. When do I get the monster truck? Well, we don't know what you're getting yet. When, you know, it keeps going on and on and on. He finally gets it. He opens it up. He's so excited. Now, at that time, the parking lot did not look like a parking lot. It, it looked like a, uh, a BMX dirt monster truck really course is what it looked like. It was perfect. Everything's aligned. He goes out. He takes his monster truck. He revs that thing. It goes off a jump and it sails in one glorious moment and it crashes to its demise. Breaks. One jump is all he got after all that buildup. Talk about a letdown. Things break. Funny thing is, uh, the kid who, who previously, he was excited about the monster truck because his friend got a monster truck. It was Eli Gooch and the same thing happened pretty much, right? It broke and then you guys had to replace it and like it's, my goodness, it's a whole thing. Things break. They don't last forever. They fade away. One of my favorite Christmas gifts, because I'm now an adult. This was the thing that told me I'm now an adult. I get excited about socks for Christmas. That's the sign that you're an adult. And my socks, they wear out. I'm not rough on my socks. They simply don't last. In fact, uh, uh, this company, one company has a lifetime warranty. You have to pay to send them in, and I used to get them, and they lasted a long time. They don't last so long anymore. Have you heard of this thing called planned obsolescence? Do you know what this is? You know what this is because you keep buying things that you feel like you shouldn't have to buy again, right? This was supposed to last a lifetime. It lasted a month, and then you buy it again. We're forced into spending more money to buy a lesser quality product which will eventually break, and then we have to buy it again, likely at a higher price. That's planned obsolescence. Things break. Other things fade. And some things simply fall away or are not what we wish they were. You all know plans go awry. Any of your Christmas plans change this year? Anybody? I'm the only one. Man, tell me what you did. There it is. Yeah plans change, or the thing you wish could happen never happens, the thing you've been praying for Christmas after Christmas after Christmas hasn't happened. You want to say that you look forward to the family all getting together, but when you do, you're reminded of how deeply broken we all are, and you wish it were different. 
maybe you are experiencing a different kind of brokenness this Christmas. But we have hope, we have joy, we have peace. Because we have God's love today. And we are going to talk about how the good news today is we celebrate that which never breaks, that which never fails, that which never fades away. We are celebrating the birth of Christ. We are celebrating the love that came down at Christmas and remains forever. This Advent season, we've been in the series called Love Comes Down. We've been taking that good old chapter on love, 1 Corinthians 13, and we've been looking at it through the Christmas story to see that God's love is what is described in that passage, how his is the perfect love, and today we're talking about how that love will never fail you, that that love will remain for you and for me forever and for always. So this is the good news from 1 Corinthians 13, 8 through 13 today. Hear the word of the Lord. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they'll cease. Where there are tongues, they'll be stilled. Where there's knowledge, it'll pass away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man... I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, and then we shall see face to face. Now I know it in part, and then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Praise God. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Love. You know, when this passage is often used in weddings, as we've talked about, if you've been hanging with us the past few weeks, I always kind of get a chuckle because they usually omit most of this passage because it's like, how do, what does this have to do with marriage? Not much when you're talking about the marriage between, like, you know, a man and a woman, right? It doesn't, like, the prophecy and the knowledge, all this stuff, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense in the wedding context. We usually, you know, like, go all the way. Love never fails, and the, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But it does make sense when you look at this from God's loving commitment to his beloved bride, the church. And that's what we're talking about. See, this is the good news of great joy for all of us today. God's love never fails. You may have had a broken relationship. You may have been in love and then out of love. All this stuff, but God's love never fails. This unfailing love found in God alone. He is love. There is no love outside of him for the love that we even experience in this earth. It finds its being and its definition in God. So today we bask in this love that is present for you today. And that will never leave you, will never forsake you, will never fail, will never fade. There is no planned obsolescence with God, all right? The highest price for us to receive his love forever, it's already been paid by Jesus. The price has been paid. And we have already been offered the absolute greatest gift ever given. And it will never fade or fail you. 
Paul hits us with this in this passage right away in this verse 8, that love never fails. Where there are prophecies, they'll cease. Where there are tongues, they'll be still. Where there's knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part, and when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. Prophecy, speaking in tongues, seeking knowledge, these were all gifts given by God to his people. And Paul here, he's addressing the church in Corinth, and they highly valued these gifts. All three of these, all right? They were highly valued, but what is Paul saying? That all those things, they're going to fade. They're going away. Why? Because love is permanent. Prophecy, tongues, growing in knowledge, that's all going to cease to exist because they will cease to be needed. This is good news, because in Christmas we see the arrival of the eternal love of God in Jesus Christ. He entered the world, and he didn't just enter it to some days later, peace out, and never come back again. He came to dwell with us. He is Emmanuel. Eternal God surpasses in every way all temporary earthly gifts. All temporary earthly gifts, no matter how great. And Jesus coming at Christmas represents the fulfillment of God's long-standing promises. All throughout the Old Testament, we see promise after promise after promise of God letting his wayward people know he will make all things right. He will send a Savior to which sin and Satan will be cast down once and for all who believe, will, who believe in Jesus the Savior. They will be saved. And at Christmas, we see the promised one enter into that which he created as the prophecy-fulfilling Savior of the world. This baby born in this humble manger is the perfect and the complete revelation of God's love. He is the promised one. He is the Savior of the world. As he walked this earth, he shows us the way to life. And he promised that after becoming our sin, after dying in our place, after rising back to life and ascending to his rightful place as ruler over all creation, that he will come again. In Jesus, we celebrate. While things break, God's love never will. We celebrate a forever hope that someday all prophecies will cease, for they find their fulfillment in Jesus. There will be a day when all of God's incredible promises will be fulfilled, where we no longer need to pray to God or to seek to understand God, for we will be living in his loving presence forever. Is that good news? That is great news. Everything else will fade away and fall away, but the love of God remains forever. Once you experience the fullness of his love, we're promised that we will want for nothing else. That's all we need. For now, we see only a reflection as in a mirror, but then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Aren't mirrors kind of a fascinating thing? As adults, we're kind of jaded to this, but if you forget mirrors are fascinating, watch a kid in a mirror. More specifically, uh, take a baby, one of these beautiful babies here, right? And go up to it. Don't take anyone's baby. First off, that, was, that sounded like bad advice. 
if you have a baby, do this, or be with someone with their baby. Don't take anyone's baby. But go to a mirror, right? And you stand with that baby, and you see that mirror, and the baby will kind of look at you, and they'll look in the mirror, and they'll look at you, and they'll look in the mirror, they'll look at you, and what is going on? There's two of them. It's confusing. And then when they recognize themselves, uh, you know, but don't fully understand what mirrors are, they're like, that looks like me. That me. It's, they're fascinating. They're fascinating. Or uh, you ever, uh, like, take one of those shiny toasters or whatever, or like a doorknob, a shiny doorknob, and you're looking in it, and you're like, whoa, and you look kind of like a, like a Disney character or something all of a sudden. Your features are all like, woo. Or you go to, like, a carnival, and you see one of those goofy mirrors, and it's just, it's fascinating. It's like, what's going on here? Or, of course, the, the kids absolutely love the foggy mirror after a shower, and that's why you never have a clean mirror if you have kids under, like, 12. I don't know what the cutoff is. Every now and then I still doodle in the mirror. But all I'm saying is it's fascinating, but you can't really see clearly, foggy or not. It's not a clear representation of reality. It gives us a good idea, but you've been there when you've raised your hand and you're like, wait a minute. Or you've seen a mirror, like double mirror, and then it, it looks like how you look, or you see like, you know what I'm talking about. It's not quite right. There's no depth, it's a flat image, it's lifeless. All those things, it's not quite right. Now here's the thing, in this world, on this earth, God has revealed to us his promises. He has revealed his plan. He has shared his good news, he, his gifts, his, his glory. And we are so, we are here to lay testimony to the fact that we can and we do come to know God. What a beautiful, profound truth that we can come to know the Savior of the world and we can know so much about him. But the reality is, every good thing we see the side of heaven, it's just the smallest fraction of the beauty of God. We are looking in a mirror that is foggy. And imagine the glory you see now, just you wait. Just you wait. Because through the lens of Christmas, we catch a glimpse of this love that God has for us. But the full revelation awaits us in the future. As we celebrate today the birth of Christ, we anticipate that glorious day when we will see him face to face. God loves us, and God knows us fully. Scripture lays testimony to this. He knit us together in our mother's womb. Jesus, before Jesus was born, he knew and loved you. Before he sent Jesus, because before God the Father sent Jesus, he knew and loved you. Before the world was spoken into being, he knew and loved you fully and completely. But look at what else our passage says. It says, now I know in part, that's the whole we partly know God, because he has revealed himself to us through his words, his works, his wonders, through his spirit. But then I shall fully know, even as I am fully known. Have you rested on that part before? As fully as God knows us now, which is utterly and completely, for all of time, he always has, will come to know him. It doesn't mean we'll be, you know, all-knowing like God, but we will come to be in his fullness expression of his presence to us. Think about that. This is the promise of love, that God will fully reveal himself in all his majestic splendor to us. On that glorious day, the light of God will shine fully upon us and we will be free from all darkness, from all pain, from all sorrow, all loss, and we will know him fully.
fully, even as we are fully known. What an incredible promise of this deeply intimate relationship held together by the bond of love. This is what we believe in faith, and this is why we strive forward with hope. We seek to grow up in the faith. When I was a child, I talked, I walked like a child. We're not going to stay there. We're going to grow in our walk of faith to enjoy the great joy of knowing our God to the fullest amount we can on this side of heaven. But Christmas serves as a reminder that we're on a journey from partial knowledge to full understanding, from a dim reflection to the brilliant radiance of God's eternal love. It's before us, friends. And I hope you find comfort in this today. This is the reality for every single one of us here. There are going to be those things that we will not understand the side of heaven. We will have questions. We will have hurts. We will have pains. We will have doubts. And we will never know why. There's going to be these hurts that feel too great to bear. I know some of you are feeling those right now. But what does God's true word tell us? Through it all, his love remains. Through it all, he knows you completely and is with you fully. Through it all, you might not know the answers, but you can know the one who loves you and will put all things right. Through it all, someday God will bring us through and we will clearly see the full revelation of the Lord who we by faith believe is good, who is in control, who is with you in the midst of all things. And it all will be put right for his love remains. His love remains. And these three remain, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. Faith, hope, and love makes a really great wall decoration. Anybody? You got that? I got, we have, I counted, we don't have faith, hope, love, but on our main floor we have three different wall arts that are all about God's love. Love never fails, do all things in love, and then one that just says love. And that's our biggest one. I guess we like love. Faith, hope, and love. It makes a great wall decoration. Paul referred to this as his big three. Well, he didn't, but we say it's Paul's big three. He talks a lot about faith, hope, and love. But here he says, out of these, love is the greatest. Now think about it. Faith, hope, love. Essentials to the life of a follower of Jesus, wouldn't you say? You got to have faith. You got to hold on to hope. And you got to know and embrace and try and practice love. But out of these, love is the greatest. What a claim. Consider this quote. Love is the greatest gift because while faith is preached, and hope pertains to the future life, love reigns. As First John says, by this we know his love, that he laid down his life for us. Love is therefore the greatest of the three, because by it the human race has been renewed. Love reigns. God, who is love, reigns. It's because of our God, who is love, that we put our faith in him. And it is because of his showing of love that we have an everlasting and eternal Hope. Who's a Hallmark movie fan? Come on. Come on. Don't be bashful. On some level, we all are. I know it. I know it. I mean, but at the same time, we all know it's basically the same movie, right? 
Every single one of them. It's the same movie. And if you don't know the entire plot within the first five minutes, I don't know what to say. It's because that we all know, right? It's, it's just also fake. It's just also fake. I think that's why we like it. It's a fairy tale. Fake. The love shown in this movie, it's, it's, not, it's not like the gritty reality you and I live in as we contend for love. It's not like that. I don't, I don't, I don't think I say this to bash, just to bash Hallmark movies. I might, I might be saying this just to bash Hallmark movies. But, but I, but I know, I know there might be some of you out there thinking right now that this love I'm talking about, it's simply too good to be true. That's simply equal to these fancy Hallmark movies. Maybe you know too much of broken hearts. Maybe you know too much of cold relationships. To believe that love never fails, that love never fades, or even that God Almighty could possibly even love you. But this love that we're talking about, this love as described in God's true word, it's, it's an unfailing love, okay? It's not the false love of imperfect humans. It's the perfect love of our perfect Savior. This passage is drawing us in to the heart of Christ whose love does not flow in romance and roses and quaint coffee shops and ski villages. It is grounded in reality as the brokenness of this world. This is the love that entered into the mess of our sin and our shame. And he chose to enter into a stinky barn to a baby born of a young virgin. He entered in for his deep love. God entered in to our brokenness to save us. This is not a hallmark love. This is the audacious, incredible, sacrificial, death-defying love of the one who gives you life. That's the love that came down at Christmas. This is the good news of great joy. To us, a Savior has been born. He lived a perfect life. He bore the sins of the world, the sins of you and me. And he died a gruesome death. Three days later, he rose again. So that all who believe in him will live gloriously forever in the fullest presence of love embodied. All this he did out of the deep, deep love that God has for you. I'm here to tell you this is no fairy tale. This is love embodied in Jesus Christ, showing us what love is and what love does. This is our God. This is Emmanuel. This is the one who is born, the one who came to save, the newborn king. Do you believe this good news today? Do you believe it? Do you, will you share this good news today? Will you let God transform your life to reflect his light and his life today? He loves you to the very end. I mentioned it last week, and it bears repeating that after living this life, coming shoulder to shoulder and toe to toe with the real brokenness of the sin, Jesus Christ, as he was about to go to the cross, he sat with his disciples. He stood back 
And he looked upon them and says, he loved them to the very end. He then washed their feet, his betrayer, his denier, all who fled from him. He took their filth upon him in a physical representation of the spiritual reality of what Jesus came to do. He lovingly cleansed their feet, served them communion, went to the cross for them, and came back to life, showing his authority and his power over all things because of his love for us. This is Jesus Christ. He loves you to the very end. His love will never fail. All else will fade away. Every earthly thing you know and love will one day perish. But if you believe in Jesus, and I pray you believe in Jesus, you will live forever in his glorious and all-loving presence forevermore. You will know no hurt. You will know no pain. You will know no brokenness, for it ceases to exist in the presence of the Savior. This is good news of great joy. This is the love of Christmas. This is the love of the Creator and the Savior of the world, the love He has for you. So how do we respond? We praise God. We praise God that in the darkness of the world, His light shines forever bright. As the song says, we'll praise His name forever. We thank God that He gives us meaning and purpose as we reflect His light. Come. Let us adore him. We beseech God to share even, to shine ever more brightly in the lives of those still in the darkness. For he alone is worthy. And we trust God in faith and in hope that he is who he says he is and he will do what he says he will do. We will give him all the glory. This is the love that never fails. This is the love that never fades. This is the love that is the greatest of all. It is the love of our God, and it's the love he has for you. It is the love that came down and dwelt with his people. It is here now. It is with you. So we will respond by loving him. This is what Christmas, this is what Christ This is what it's all about, friends. So we praise the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we seek to follow him. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. God, you are love. You are king. You are Lord over everything. So we praise your name today. We thank you for what Christmas tells us about your being, your character, your mission, and the hope we have in you. Will you speak to us now, God? Will you show us this love? Will you let us know how deep your love and care is for us? Because, God, we are acutely aware of the brokenness of everything around us. And when we're aware of the brokenness around us, we are aware of our deep need of a Savior. Thank you, Lord, for being that Savior. Thank you that in you we have an everlasting hope. We adore you now, God. We worship you now, God. 
We praise you now, God. We long for you to have all glory, honor, and praise. This we ask in Jesus' name. All God's people say, amen. Go ahead and stand with us in song. <laughs>